Yeah, so we just spent the last 10 minutes debating whether to make an episode or not for season two of uh, The (laughs) The Witcher. Witcher. Yeah. Pretty much the issue is just that. I don't know names. Well, I don't know the names either because like you were saying, the names are so unique and we keep having to like Google the names again to remember who's who, which I guess is just that's one of the major flaws of the not not just the season, but the series as a whole. Like, just not remembering who's who and what's happening. I don't think it's a flaw. I think it's just that there's a lot of time between the, when they released the first and second season. Right. That I forgot a lot of the characters. And because the names of places and people and groups of people is different and the details matter. Yeah. I had a hard time watching the season, kind of. Well, I had that same feeling in season one. I, I felt lost probably until the sixth episode. Say So did I. But do you remember like when you watched season one? Was it just as confusing for you? Because for me, it was. I like, feel like it was confusing probably the first two episodes, two-ish. Uh-huh. And then that's it. I think one difference season one also had, though, was that it was a lot... While the story was running, like, in the background, there were a lot of episodes that were, like, they were more episodic. Like, he, it was him being a witcher. Yeah. Like, he was fighting this enemy in one episode and this enemy in another episode. It's also because it was showing the stories of different people because they were being introduced. Yep. And then the second season, they already all know each other. That's true. Well, we all, well, also, as, like, viewers, you know them. And the season, the season was just more about actually connecting everything but i forgot some parts of each individual person's story from the first season well if you're watching on netflix there's um like a the world of witcher tab that you can click and there's like a 15 minute recap recap of season one by the way that recap didn't help me that much because there wasn't like explanation it was just like showing little snippets like throughout the whole uh, of season one didn't really help me get up to date. I think it helped me. And not like a lot, but it definitely helped. Just showed the faces again and Yeah, like like the glimpses of some scenes it made me think, Oh, I kinda remember that. Oh that's right, that person did that. <laughs> yeah. Well I well like when we were watching that recap, I realized that maybe it was half of the characters from season one are kind of in season two, right? Really? Yeah. There are there were a lot of kind of side characters in season one that Like who? Like um there's this episode where like he's in this village and everyone is attacking him. There's like a mage in control of the village or something like that. And everyone's attacking him and there's this girl that he knows and he's trying to save her, but she's trying to kill him. I do not remember exactly this at all. That, that's my point. There was a lot of like side characters and stuff that aren't as important. But in season two, you know, you have the, you have like, um, obviously Geralt, Ciri, Yennefer, the top main three characters, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have the other mages that you're a little more familiar with from the Brotherhood. You have um, Dara, the elf. Those are the kind of more important characters that you need to remember, that you kind of do remember when you watch season two. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, it's definitely confusing. Like you were saying, like what, season two introduces a completely new plot. And because of that, I have no, like, I'm in the same state of confusion. Like, I'm not sure what's happening. I wonder if it's just us two that I guess. found it a little hard to follow along. I don't know. Because, like, sometimes if you read a review, they'll be like, oh, right. And this was referenced in episode two. Yeah, I'm just talking. not that type and of I'm person. Like, I didn't get that while watching it. Like, it was pretty confusing. Right? Like, okay, so season two. The main premise i guess is that there is a new enemy um she is the volith mir the deathless mother so this is com- uh completely new to the show this character is not even from the books apparently and the director just wanted a villain that would kind of help um bring all of the main characters together right so throughout the season we see excuse me we see like um Geralt and Yennefer meet back up. We see Geralt even working with Istrid at one point. And they're both like lovers of uh or ex-lovers of Yennefer. And there's that one really funny moment where uh Geralt is Geralt's talking to Istrid and he goes, You know her? Yennefer. Yennefer Venderberg. Was it Venderberg or Ven Vengerberg? Yeah, one of those. One of those two. And uh, Istrid goes, yeah, Yenna. Mm-hmm. And Geralt goes, Yen. Yen. <laughs> that was probably the best moment of the whole season. I didn't do it justice just now. Yeah, but up until that point, Geralt didn't know that she was alive. Oh, he yeah. He spent a good amount yeah, yeah. of this season thinking she was dead. Yeah. Okay, so I guess let's jump back to the beginning now. And then kind of start from there and go through the season welcome back to viewers cut. yeah i was gonna say we never said it <laughs> welcome back to viewers cut season should this be like season two because it's in 2022 no okay still season one um i don't think we do seasons episode eight anytime i'm trying to remember the name of the show i can't remember for <laughs> The Witcher season two. Okay. Oh, I thought you meant the podcast. No, 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 no. Just I kept I kept going to say you season two, and I'm like, I don't know where I got you from. But anyway, just kind of going through the the season a bit, just a quick recap. So the show starts off with Geralt and Siri, and if you remember, at the end of season one, Siri kind of had this vision of Yennefer. I think. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for her. And they end up at the battlefield of Sodden, where the huge battle just took place at the end of season one. Yennefer uses big fire chaos magic and disappears after killing like thousands of soldiers. Um, and they're searching for Yennefer. Tissaia is there on the battlefield, also looking for Yennefer, and they run into each other. But I don't think they were like they weren't too familiar with each other at the point. And to say it's kind of using her brainwashing magic on Kahir, punishing his mind, trying to figure out what he knows about Yennefer. So episode one kind of just reintroduces the characters again. Um, we see um, Geralt and Ciri make it to a house of one of the old comrades of, um, of Geralt. 
and he's like under a, a curse and he's in like this weird troll creature right now. Is yeah. that Lambert? No, 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 no. You remember episode one? Uh, no, I know the one that was like Beauty yeah. and the Beast-ish. I can't remember what his name was. But um, he, pretty much that episode was like reminiscent of season one where Geralt is going from village to village and he slays a beast, that kind of thing. But it just kind of helps to reintroduce the characters for uh for season two. And then eventually they make it to Care Morin. Wow, I'm... You know what? It doesn't matter if I butcher these names because it's a made-up language anyway. Probably. Care Morin, which is the... What do you call it? That castle where the witchers yeah. live, right? And um, he goes... Geralt takes Ciri there to kind of keep her um, safe, and but Siri eventually, you know, she starts training with the men there to just training as a witcher, going through the training that the kids would go through there. And at this point, we also, I guess, see the three characters who lead to the freeing of the Volithmir, right? So there's Yennefer, there is Fran. Uh, Francesca, who is the leader of the elf army, or elf resistance, whatever you want to call it, elf kingdom. And there is Fringilla, who was um, with Nilfgaard, and they were escaping after the battle, and she was captured by the elf army. So those three, Yennefer, Fringilla, and Francesca, they're all having dreams, and in their dreams, they're seeing things that I don't know that they want slash things that make them distressed right like Jennifer is um seeing herself pregnant but then losing the baby Frangella is like seeing creatures like touching her body and stuff like that or something and Francesca she is seeing what she believes to be um the the elf angel Ithlene. Oh yeah, Ithlene. Yeah. But basically what they're seeing in these dreams is being sent to them by the Volithmir, the Deathless Mother, who is trapped in a cabin in the woods. In a hut. In a hut. In the woods by... Somewhere underground. It's underground. Is it? Yeah. Oh, right. The, yeah. So it, it's underground where, though? In the forest? I just remember, I think the elf army was trying to dig it up, right? They were looking for it under the command of Francesca. Mm, no. Yeah, it's like a tomb. Remember um, when they They had- didn't know that was there. They thought that... They just worshipped the image that they had, like, a statue there i guess maybe of her there but then yeah i think so but then when francesca like that and her elven people well um well after they captured fringilla and yennefer and they were about to get rid of them or kill them or whatever that's when and then 
they revealed that they were having the same dream that they should figure it out that because dreams are apparently are like a powerful omen and right. they mean something so after they went into that room to look at the Helene sculpture wherever they worship then Yennefer got she, she just went up close to the statue and then she saw writing on the on the statue base or whatever and then she right. read it and Francesca helped her and then they realized that it was it meant something and they opened it so once she read it, it opened the pathway. I think or? they've. I think it had a clue or something, or it said something, and then they touched. On, I don't know. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I don't think they knew that was there. I could be wrong. Yeah. So Francesca kind of because she's having these dreams and she's seeing Ifleen in her dreams. She's like, I don't know what she's doing in this place underground, but she's kind of just praying, worshiping, visiting the statue of Ifleen or whatever. Um, but yeah, they they eventually come across this underground passage, which somehow leads to the woods, to the hut in the woods. And we find out that it's this uh, Volathmir showing visions to the three of them in order to cause despair because she feeds off of like the energy of despair. And that's what will free her. So just to give a... Uh, little background on two characters well not really characters but um first Ithleen she's mentioned a lot and referenced a lot in this season and I would assume that means she was referenced in season one also um pretty much um Ithleen is a ain't like a prophet of the elves or something like that and she has a prophecy which is that um It's like for the foretelling the end of the world. So apparently in 3,000 years, there will be like um, the end of the world, uh, essentially, like an ice age that will, end, that will end the world. And according to Ithleen, an offspring born of elder blood will save the elves from destruction. So obviously that's where Ciri comes in. We learn in a few episodes into the show that she has elder blood and they learned this just from her bleeding out while training uh with the witchers and her blood causes a certain flower to grow which only grows from elder blood so obviously here siri is kind of um fulfilling that prophecy but that's the importance of ifleen that i guess you should know and then the volathmir since like we're referencing her so much like i said said before she's like a completely new character to the show but pretty much the backstory is that 1200 years before the beginning of season one there was a huge event called the conjunction of spears of spheres um which brought humans and monsters from different dimensions different worlds to the continent, which is what they're referring to their Earth as, I guess, the continent. So I think it was around episode five or six, they all of a sudden they just started mentioning this stuff. Like they started mentioning conjunction, spheres, and I was like a bit confused about what all this was. If you watch um the Witcher animated movie on Netflix, I forgot what it's called. Um, the wolf something I don't know 
but they kind of give a little more backstory into into the conjunction and spheres and that kind of thing. But when this conjunction of spheres happened 1,200 years ago, uh, the Volothmir arrived on the continent, and her power was so great, so uh, enormous that the humans subjected magic. Well, I'm totally just reading from my notes right now. <laughs> the, <laughs> the humans uh, created magical mutations to help them fight monsters, and they banded together to defeat her. But the witchers couldn't kill her, so they all worked together to trap her in this hut in the woods. That's essentially the backstory of the Volathmir. Yeah, so pretty much the Volathmir is just getting these three mages slash elf queen to do an action that will give them what they want. But in reality, it's actually going to lead them to despair. And the energy caused by these like negative feelings is what's going to release her from the hut. So, for example, um, uh, the elf, uh, Francesca, she apparently a true-born, true-blooded elf hasn't been born in decades or whatever. Um... She gets her, but she, she has one, essentially. She has a <laughs> she has an elf baby with um, Philavandrel. with Philavandrel, and uh, Fringilla. I guess Fringilla just wanted to please the. She wants. I she also just kind of wants to be in charge. Is that it? Yeah, I feel like in a sense. Her and, um, Yennefer want power. Right. Just in different ways. Frangilla wants to be the head of Nilfgaard, kind of like the main mage and like make all these big decisions for Nilfgaard yeah. and please the light. Oh, why am I forgetting his name? But, uh, uh, Amir. Yeah, Amir. But Yennefer wants power for herself. Right. Yeah, so as, so pretty much that's what um, the Volthmir is getting these women to do. And it all kind of backfires because while Francesca has her baby, it turns out it's not Amir. That's not his name, is it? I'm pretty sure it is. The leader of the uh, of the Nilfgaard army is who we're Okay, so after a quick Google break, we found out his name. <laughs> um, so the Emperor of Nilfgaard. You don't need to say that. Let people... Think that we're smart and just remember? Yes. Nah, it's fine. No. I'm honest. Yeah, so the Emperor Amir, a.k.a. the White Flame, who's the leader of um, of Nilfgaard, that's who Frangelo kind of wants to... Please. Please make happy with her, etc. And... Because the baby of Francesca dies, well, is murdered, that throws Francesca into rage and despair. So that was one down. Then Frangilla decides to, under the counsel of Kahir, decides to try to take credit for the killing of the baby to 
I guess what what would be the benefit of her taking credit for the killing of the baby? That the elf that the elves left? That they don't have to take care of them anymore? No, because Kahir wanted a mirror, the mm -hmm. white light. Lame. The white flame. <laughs> Kahir wants him and I guess also Fringilla to look good. So they want to make it seem like they were the ones that planned the murder of the elf baby so that they make it seem like it was their plan all along to because by them doing that now the elves are even more against yes yeah that was it. I, I remember it as you were saying it so the elves don't know who killed the baby but they're assuming that it's one of the northern kingdoms because the one by the name of Redania. yeah because Dara, who was in season one and was a friend of Siri, he's an elf boy. Elf boy. <laughs> <laughs> he had he confesses to Francesca and Philavandrel that he was acting as a spy. For Redania. Yeah. Which is one of the northern kingdoms. Yeah, so clearly and obviously Francesca assumes that they're the ones that must have had something to do probably with their baby but she's just mad that it was humans also right because she's like humans are always just trying to but yeah so pretty much they do think that it's like Redania or one of the northern kingdoms mm -hmm. so now all of their anger is turned onto Redania and they are going to attack them and that works in the favor of Nilfgaard because Nilfgaard also is trying to attack and take over the north yeah because the point is that Nilfgaard even though they have a name the thing that they are like the reason that they wanted the help of the elves or them to join is because they need numbers. Apparently, right. Nilfgaard is like a small army compared to the northern ones. Yeah, and obviously having elves would help because everybody knows elves are good at fighting and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you never watched Lord of the Rings, bro? The elf army is lit there. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, elves are always good at fighting. But yeah, so Frangela tries to take credit for all of this happening. And then Amira walks in at the end of the season and is like, um, no. I feel like you're skipping to the end before we've talked about other things. That's fine. Uh, we'll go back. Pretty much Amira said, nope, this was my plan. But anyway, um, so Frangela's failed. So she has despair or whatever. But I think it was the ma mainly um, the anger of Francesca that eventually sets the... Volathmir somewhat free. No. Well, it's that happening at the same time as Yennefer is um yeah. she's hurt because at the same time as her being hurt and Geralt being hurt when he realizes that he tried to turn Siri in, that's all happening at the same time. So it's like all of that accumulating at once he tried to turn siri in no yennefer tried to give siri yeah. to the deathless whatever mother which okay so it was actually Geralt's anger yeah also. it was that kind of happened i think at the same time yeah. and then Geralt is saying like he tells her like oh you mean the deathless mother? oh like we put her away he's like you gave her just what she wanted despair you gave her like the last bit she needed yeah when he realizes that she betrayed his trust okay good memory on your part also, I know none of you listening can see this right now, but Diane has a mid part 
and there's a very clean line going straight down the middle of her head, <laughs> and the light is shining directly on it. it just, is that what you've been looking at? Yeah, like, it's pretty funny looking. But anyway, um, you're mean. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the <laughs> big plot of the story. Now, obviously, in getting to that point, we just went like beginning and end and kind of yeah, jumped over the middle. You. Yeah, no, sorry. Well, hey, I'm the one doing the plot recap. You can help me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so kind of just like jumping back to the middle because there are some, I think, important parts here that will be important in the future. So we learn a little bit more about Redania, which is one of the four uh, northern kingdoms. You also have... um. Uh, Tamiria, Kaidwin. That's not important. And Eridurn. Well, I think uh, Kaidwin was mentioned. Yeah, oh, but actually, that's no, not important. Kaidwin was mentioned in the animated Witcher movie. It is important because I think going forward, we're going to see more of these kingdoms. But it's not important to season two. Yeah, I know, but it's going to be important. So. Why don't we talk about the important things? Okay, go right Let ahead. Let me give so. you a couple things. Yeah, yeah, please. Why don't we talk about the thing that we skipped over? The fact that Yennefer does not have powers this whole season. Oh, yeah, I guess that happened. And she somehow makes it through the whole season and all these difficult and dangerous scenarios, but she makes it out alive of every single one. Thanks to some of the side characters that we have not mentioned, such as... How do you say his name? Jas- Jaskier? Jaskier. The bard, the uh, one that it, sings. Is it Yaskier or Jaskier? I'm I don't think sure. it matters. <laughs> and there is also Triss, who is also a mage, and she's the one helping Siri. Well, she was supposed to help Siri learn her con- to control her sort of chaos that Jennifer also had at one point. Yep. This thing that she's not sure what it is. We learn through her when she helps her go inside her head and like into her subconscious or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, so just because you're using a lot of pronouns right now, I'm just going to clarify. Triss, Triss goes helps into... Siri yes. go into Siri's head. That's right. To see, I guess, her memories. Yeah. yeah. And it is through... That was, I think that was a pretty interesting scene. Yep. It was a good scene where... She was trapped, right? Trapped. In her head? No. Siri? No. This is after it. So you're skipping around. Just let me finish. Okay. <laughs> uh, as they're doing that in this scene, when Triss and Siri are in Siri's head, so they can find get some answers as to what Siri actually is and why she has this older blood, why she has this power that she can't control. Um even as they're in their head in Siri's head. You can tell that something's wrong because apparently this is supposed to be something that she's kind of like reliving memories of people she knew her whole life and stuff. But the people in her memories are not supposed to be able to see her. But for some reason, for Siri, they can. And right away, this is a warning to Triss. And she tries to get them to like leave Siri's head. But Siri is too like into it, kind of in a trance because she also wants to find her answers. And... Then it gets dangerous because what ha- what happened that scared Triss? I think it was just the fact that they were like seeing her in her visions. Mm-mm. Someone was getting hurt. 
Was it was Siri choking Tris? Or no, Tris was being attacked uh-huh. in this right, thing, right, right, and right, she right. was asking Siri for help. But Siri was not like frozen, kind of. It was almost also kind of like she was enjoying wa- or like watching yeah. her be in pain or whatever. And then after this has happened and they get out of this memory trance like thing in Siri's head, Tris is scared of Siri because she knows that there's something. Yeah, like Tris there's goes something crazy. heavy there. Yeah, instead of trying to help her, Tris goes the opposite direction. Like, you, you will bring about the end of the world upon us all. <laughs> yeah, but she knows that Siri's very important at this point. Right. And it's also, it makes it known just to the show, like how dangerous she can be, I guess, yeah. or. But yeah, eventually Tris takes this information back to the Brotherhood. To 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 say to uh, who she doesn't want anyone to know her. She only she tells to say that she knows this is very important, and that no one else should find out because she says if Siri falls in the hands of the wrong people, like something can go very wrong. Yeah, but to say it ends up telling the rest of the Brotherhood anyway, and the Brotherhood mm-hmm. is just like the collection of the mage leaders yeah but at this point a lot of people are already looking for siri yeah and it's still unsure as to why well everyone wants her but everyone is still finding out along the season like why she's important yeah how important she is and they're all like figuring things out about her and so tris finding this out and then telling to and then to telling um what was the guy that she was with his name uh, Vogelforts. Yeah, and then them, him telling her, like, all we need to tell the rest of the people yeah. of... One thing I'm unsure of is why Redania wanted Siri. Because Redania... Was it Redania that sent the Fire Mage after Siri? Who sent the Fire Mage after Siri? The girl. The right, one them who well, sent her? Yeah, yeah. Remember there was a scene where they were talking... They eventually... They're talking to the person who sent them. Yeah. Did they show who that person was? I can't remember. Wow. Please forgive us because I can't remember either. There's just so many people. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of characters in this season. Um, But yeah, everyone's after uh, Siri. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The end. <laughs> <laughs> there was something that was going to... Oh, right, right. Yeah. So that was one Um, kind of... I don't want to call it subplot, but... Like you said, um, Yennefer lost her magic after she used her chaos powers at the end of season one. Mm-hmm. And then she's just kind of on this journey to get it back. And that was the thing that the Volathmir was trying to influence her with by exchanging Siri, and she would get her powers back. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, she doesn't do it in the end, but yeah. They come together as one big happy family. Uh, mommy Yennefer, daddy Geralt, and little kid Siri, who now curses a ton in this season, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so while Siri's training at, um, what's what's the Witcher's kingdom called again? Not kingdom, but go down. Oh, care more. Oh. Yeah, while Siri's training there, she eventually like she wants to become a witcher kind of just cuz she's so inspired by Geralt. Yeah. And she really is the answer to everything cuz apparently she's part of this prophecy. Apparently yeah. her blood can bring back is because, so what they need to make witchers. Yeah. So elder blood is used in an elixir that will turn children into 
witchers. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what it is. Um, and she tries to strike a deal with um, Vesemir? Uh, Vesemir, who is the leader of the witchers, to give some of her blood so to create more elixirs that will create witchers. And, ex- and in exchange, she will be the first one to kind of undergo this transformation. Eventually, Geralt comes back and doesn't let it happen. But I guess a little bit of... I want to talk about Vesemir for a second. So Vesemir is kind of the main character in the animated movie that I was telling you about, the Witcher one. Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes into his backstory as well as the backstory of the Witchers. Pretty much there were a lot of Witchers before. Now, when we watch a season, we can see there's like 10 of them, maybe. I don't know. 20. Yeah, there were a lot before, though. And what would happen is that they would bring all these kids in, train them, and then drop them into the woods without any weapons. And whoever survives. And literally, the scene that they show in the movie is like five kids out of 20 survive. Isn't that? Well, this is the animated movie? Yeah, this is the animated movie. Oh, okay. Like five out of 20 survive, and those are the ones that they'll allow to undergo the transformation to become witchers, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. Like, Wait, how long does he leave them there for? It's unclear. Okay. But like you drop them. Maybe just whichever ones find their way back. Yeah, but you get what I'm saying? Like how is this logical training? Yeah. Like, it's not even testing their skill or ability to fight. They're literally just, like, they're dying indiscriminately because there's so many monsters, like, killing them in the woods. But um, this is what uh, Vesemir undergoes. And he eventually passes and becomes a witcher, etc. And by the end of the movie, like, all of the witchers essentially get killed out, except Vesemir. And there are the four, there are, like, four kids who um, had escaped, who will now be transformed into witchers. So it's just Vesemir and these four kids. And those four kids included Geralt, Eskel, um, the redhead one. Uh, Wait, at this point, Vesemir is in a... He's older than them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point... Wait, what do you mean escape from what? In the animated movie, there's just a big fight that ends up killing out all of the witchers. Like a big fight just with... Witchers and monsters, or no, no, no. Um, witchers and a mage who wants to get rid of the witchers, mm-hmm. and she kind of leads like this monster army onto the witchers. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember, but why did she want to kill them? If you remember, the the wit- the mages were the first ones to actually create the witchers to get rid of the monsters, mm-hmm. and I guess as the monsters were starting to like decrease, she wanted to. Just get rid of the witchers. It, it was kind of unclear, like, what her main motive was. Okay. But I don't want to go too much into the animated movie. But eventually, what who's left behind is um, Vesemir and those four, which included Geralt. And we see them in this in this season two of, um, of The Witcher. But I bring that up because Vesemir, after all of that happens, he kind of realizes, like hey, this is not the proper process to, like, go through. Like, we shouldn't be kidnapping kids. Well, some of them come on their own choice, but, like, we shouldn't be buying kids out of slavery, like, bringing some of them here and just, like, forcing them to undergo this training, right? So he's supposed to have, like, wised up because he's a little arrogant in the movie. 
Like he's supposed to like wised up and in this season two of The Witcher, he's supposed to be like this older, wiser character, right? Mm-hmm. Like imparting advice, that kind of thing. And I feel like we just don't get that from him. I think we do. I think we get parts of it. He kind of just like he's there once in a while and you don't really see him interacting too much with different characters. Like he'll say one or two things, but it's not like it doesn't give off that feeling of like this guy imparting wisdom. It's still pretty much Geralt running the show, even when they're at. Well, Kermarin. yeah, because the I main show is about Geralt. I agree. But I think they do show him because he's the one that he's trying to help Geralt, help Siri, saying if you want to help her, you need to figure out what she, I forgot exactly what he told her, but he's like, you need, oh, I think you need to figure out what she's missing. He tells her something and he tells, he's helping Geralt help Siri. He's... Still trying to get the witchers back by having having Triss make that elixir thing to um bring the witchers back. Even when the um Geralt kills Eskel, he understands that it was for like the better good and for the overall witches, because otherwise it would have gone bad and more people would have gotten hurt. The scene where they bring a whole bunch of like prostitutes essentially mm-hmm. into the castle. Mm-hmm. Do you think a wise leader would let that happen in a time where they're where they're supposed to be like on the defense? But they're always supposed to be on the defense. I think he was just giving them. He was just telling. He knew it was wrong because he told Geralt, but he told him to leave it alone and to just not st- start a fight, because a fight isn't what the Witchers need when there's already so many, so little of them. Oh, maybe that is wise. And even when, and even when he's. He's understanding of the fact that Geralt doesn't want Siri to die when Siri is possessed by the deathless mother. But he, so he gives him time, but then even then he's wise enough to know that, oh, this isn't working. Let me go help the other witches who are dying. And then eventually saying, okay, we're just going to have to kill her because this isn't working. But then in the end, you know, they're, I feel like he's still, I mean, the show's not about him, but I feel like they do have these yeah. moments. Okay, that's true then, I guess. I guess maybe I was just... Like, his character just seemed kind of bland to me. Oh, I liked him. Like, the delivery. I don't know what it was. Like, he just didn't give me that vibe. Also, he's just, like, him in the animated movie is, like, Geralt in this show. Mm -hmm. Like, he's, like, obviously the main guy, a bit younger. And, like, also, in that movie, the witchers use a lot more magic. Yeah. Maybe that's a budget thing that they... (laughs) That they don't do that in the show, in the live action show. Yeah. But they use a lot more magic. Like fire magic and stuff like that included. Maybe they didn't teach it as much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) By the time it got to Geralt's. Maybe. Because he was like... Yeah, because you said a bunch of them died suddenly, right? Maybe Vesemir himself doesn't know too much. No, no, no. He's the one that was using the magic in the movie. That's what... (laughs) Oh, I don't know. That's why I was confused. But yeah, it's probably just a budget thing. Like, if they have to do that kind of magic all the time. But yeah. yeah, it's interesting though. He's an interesting character. Um, we can also talk about um the whole monoliths and how Geralt and Istrid figure that out together. 
Right. Yeah. So I guess we were kind of talking a little bit about that before when Geralt and Istrid were together. I mean, do you want to talk about the process of how they figured it out or just what it was? I just think it's interesting how they figured it out together. It's not interesting, but it's important because it's um, it's leading into season two. I'm assuming, you know, the fact that Siri destroyed this monolith and then after the when she was escaping Sintra in the beginning of season one, she eventually tells Carol how she destroyed Smonoth and they're like, Whoa, like how'd you do that? Like how is that even possible that you were even to bring were able to bring down a monolith? But it's because of her power. But then Istrid and Gerald, with the help of the two people that know a lot without for some reason about a lot of things. The two people that know a lot about a lot yeah, of Yeah, remember things? the ones that like the really old guy and the old small woman? Oh, um, Fen and something. Yeah, I don't know the guy's I, I, name. I forget what his name is. But Maybe like the the lawyers, right? It's this one, yeah. Oh, Codringer? Yeah. Yeah, baby, it is him. But just the fact that they all kind of eventually figure out that these monoliths are not just set like <laughs> structures, they're yeah. connections to other spheres, spheres, which is just like other worlds or dimensions. Yeah. And how. One. By Siri doing, having destroyed one, she's bringing creatures in from other worlds, which is what puts... Because um, she opens the gateway, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. To the multiverse. Yeah. That's <laughs> literally what it is. And then we kind of see some more of that in the final episode, right? When they have the mm-hmm. big battle at the... At Kaer Morin. Yeah. Were they fighting in there? The big battle? Yeah. You remember when they're fighting off the creatures? You were referencing that scene just... Oh, Siri, right. Because the Deathless Mother is in... Siri. Yeah. She's like um controlling her body. Yeah. So I feel like in the second season there'll probably be more monsters coming in because Siri keeps just making cracks on the earth and destroying things. Yeah. So maybe that's where another enemy will come from. Yeah. And eventually when they were able to get the Deathless Mother out of Siri, they were temporarily transported to another sphere mm-hmm. where they see um I forget the name they use for these guys riding on the- Yeah. It's like these guys riding on horses, and they call them hell something. I don't know. I think like they call them gaunt. What? <laughs> I wanted to say gauntlet, but it's not a gauntlet. No. But yeah, it's, it's a group of yeah people. Like they look like the Nazgul from Lord of the Rings. Wait, I need you to look it up. I need the to know what they call them? them. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Let's look it up. Okay, it is not called the Gauntlet. Or, I knew it wasn't because the Gauntlet is something different. And it is not called the Hell Riders. I <laughs> um, think maybe thinking of Ghost Rider, the yeah, movie. Maybe. It's called the Wild Hunt. Um, and that's, I guess, also that's the sphere where the Deathless Mother is also from. When apparently that was her goal the whole time, just to go home. Was it? Yeah, she needed all that despair and pain or whatever to be able to escape so and she needed Siri because she, I guess, she kind of knew that Siri had the power to, um, yeah, because she was awakened by the fact that Siri destroyed the monolith and all that. Yeah, so she knew that Siri. She probably she could probably sense that Siri had the power to take her back home. Yeah, and so and she was able to when she possessed Siri, and then Yennefer did her whole thing. Yeah, so this poor lady. What poor lady? The deathless mother. She, she just, just wanted, wanted to go, to go home. home. Yeah, <laughs> she just wanted to go home. They got her. 
one of them, the, whoever, whatever caused the conjunction, mm-hmm. brought her to this world. She's trying to go home. This just teaches you how important communication is, yes. right? Yeah. If she had just, if they had each, if she had just spoken what she wanted, spoken, <laughs> communicated yeah. what she wanted, and said, "I just want to go home," maybe Siri would have been like, "Sure, I'll help you get home." And then instead, all those poor witchers died. Nah, when- Geralt would have been like, no, don't trust her. She's lying to you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, facts. Geralt wouldn't have listened. But anyway, that happened. That's that's the main plot, I guess. Yeah, I, th- I think that was a pretty cool scene. How yeah. the wild hunter, like, oh, you're the daughter of... Did they say destruction or something? They call her something yeah, yeah. like... They call Siri something yeah, like that. Yeah, good. I was not remembering this. And after they... Well, Geralt and Yennefer are with her in this world. And because they're about to like attack. Anyways, when they get back to the real world and then Geralt tells um, Vesemir, oh, we saw the wild hunt. And then Vesemir's like, <gasps> like, oh, how did you get there? And then they're like, they called Siri this. And then, you know, that Siri is like, she has the power to do really good. But also, like, even if the, this wild hunt wants her, you know, she also has the power to do a lot of bad. Yeah. Also, this poor girl, like, she, it's a it's not really her fault, but what it's like poor girl? Siri. Are you but kidding? it's like, it's not her fault, but she's obviously going to feel like these things are her fault, like all the witchers dying. One, the Deathless Mother is in her. She literally goes up to some of them while they're sleeping and slits their throats, like, killing them and stuff. So she's going to be having some big trauma. Yeah. And it's because of this scene that Yennefer is able to regain her powers, her chaos. What caused it? The fact that she, because Siri was, um, she was possessed and she was kind of going to die, I'm guessing, because the Delphus mother was like overtaking her. Mm-hmm. Or she was going to be lost to her. And then Yennefer realizes that you have to, like, she has to right her wrongs. And she realizes that her having wanted power this whole time, like, it was not okay. It was yeah. not cool. And so she realizes that after she tried, um, betrayed Geralt and tried to use Siri, she just tries to give herself up instead to be possessed by the deathless mother. And I guess it was just her realizing that she could be useful aside from her powers that she still had the power to help that she wasn't just you know the chaos that she had that she had other ways to help and she has other things planned for her i think it was just that like she keep gave her back her powers so she got it back via plot yeah there was there's no actual like <laughs> magic spell casted or no. anything or potion drank she just no Realized she needed to be a good person and she got her powers back. Yeah, because moral of the story is that <laughs> if you want your powers back, you just got to realize that you got to be a good person and not try to kill people. Yep. Anyway, so that was the summary of the main plot of season two. And then the, the finale of, I guess, the B plot, which sets up season three, is uh, the very end of the show. We finally see who um the white flame is we finally see who emir is and it turns out to be siri's dad mm-hmm. 
And honestly, just from watching season one and two, I don't know and I can't figure out why he is there. Right? Mm-hmm. I know obviously there was some drama with her grandma not liking her dad, right? Um, mm-hmm. Remember like that was the reason? Yeah. But that was when he was a creature. Mm-hmm. So That's why she didn't like him. Yeah, so it it's... It's not too clear, like, why. And obviously, I could Google and figure it out and, and tell all of you and tell you theories and stuff, but I'd rather just wait for season three to explain it. Yeah. Because the last that you, Well, the only thing that you know about her father was that her series mother and father were on a ship somewhere, went somewhere, and then they just disappeared and were never found again. Yep. I actually know why, but I'm not going to say it. Yes, please don't spoil her. Like how he ends up being the white flame, but then also, it's just like that was one one cool thing that we find out that was like going on behind the scenes that we kind of didn't know. Like, oh, it was like a reveal to that. But I think also like another good reveal was the fact that Siri, because they're like, oh, how does Siri have elder blood? And then she finds out that her grandmother was actually had like elf blood, and that's why she hated the elf so much. So yeah, I know I knew her grandma hated the elves, but her grandma had elf blood also. Mm-hmm, yeah. Interesting. So she had I think one of her I can't remember who if it was her mom or her dad. Yeah. But I think one of them was. She well, was half. Just she had she had some some self hatred going on. Yeah. Yeah, and this is when Istrid is trying to trace the family lines. Yeah. He can't really see anything past her grandma, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like more answers to be more questions to be answered in mm-hmm. season three. That's all I got. But when you think about it, how old is like Fringilla supposed to be? Like, did it? She yeah, wasn't she young enough for some of these people? Like, how does how did no one make the connection, or how does no one tell anything? You know, because there are people point. that are old that I'm sure knew who what the king of Central looked like. That's and a good then, point because, especially because the mages, I think the way their system works is that each kingdom has like a mage. Yeah. That like advises. Yeah. That's a good point. Maybe but then, they do know. And it just hasn't been like. And it never got back to Siri or Sintra? Well, no, no, no. Here's the thing. I don't think any. Oh, Frangilla would have. Yeah. Uh, but maybe she just didn't know, like what Siri's dad looked like, you know? But he was king. Wouldn't people know what the kings of, like, the main places? There aren't that many important yeah. places. Okay, that's also a good question. So, hey, to be answered. I'm sure there's an answer to that, yeah. yeah. And then also, real quick, um, well, I really just completely forgot. They have, a, of- they have like, another show coming out. For The Witcher, I guess it's... I don't remember whose backstory it is to kind of dig into, but I, I like what they're doing with The Witcher because it's so confusing. Oh, I was going to say something real quick. Okay. The fact yeah, that... Yeah, go ahead. Come. <laughs> you know Sorry, how you know how in the end... Um, I think it was Geralt that said it. That he was like, oh, Sintra always knew about Ciri, so it makes sense that people from Sintra know about Ciri or, or like someone from there told Nilfgaard, and that's why, I mean... That's why they always want to try to protect her. 
And I guess the elves, because of Elven Blood and their prophecy, they would know of someone of like yeah. that's like Siri. But then he was like, but then how did Nilfgaard know about Siri? And I've been watching the show for like eight episodes, and until he said that, I never questioned yep. that or thought that was a thing. And I, I was, and then I thought, huh? Even I like guess Redania I was like, I feel, I guess stuff. I should have suspected like that's yeah. something that maybe. Even Redania, like, how would Redania know about Siri? Like, it's one of the Northern well, Redania kingdoms. knew because of spying. Okay. Yeah, I guess. And because true. yeah, they probably had other spies in Sintra too. Yeah, so okay. that's why it was a. I guess it was a thing that maybe as a viewer we should have caught on to, but yeah. I did not catch on to. They're like, oh, hey, everyone knows about Siri. How, how does Nilfgaard know about Siri? Well, I'm glad I and didn't it's because, because that, it's her dad. Yeah, that moment made it because that happened and then the reveal happened right after. Yeah. So it made it better. TBH, this, in the eighth episode, I was suspecting that it would end up being the father, but I was like, and eh, maybe not. I feel like really? that would be, yeah. I was, I don't remember. Because it was just so much suspense in the last episode, especially like, yeah. oh, like we have to please the wife. I'm like, we have to do this event. And then it made it. And then just because then also I knew it once they showed the back of him and there was long hair. I was like, oh, it's here. I remember father. we were like, what if it's Jaskier? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of wanted it to be someone that you wouldn't <laughs> expect. Well, I definitely didn't expect it. Um, you expected it, but not me. Only because of that whole thing of like how you always say how they always say yeah, that yeah, if yeah. you don't see them die, if you don't see a character die in a movie or show, they're not. Yeah, dead. and the fact that supposedly her parents just went on a ship and disappeared and were never yeah. found again. Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on, and like I was saying, there's another prequel show kind of coming out. Um. I forgot what the trailer is about, to be honest. But um, that'll give us more backstory into the world of The Witcher. And I kind of like that they're doing that. And this season, even though I was confused through the first five episodes, and I wouldn't say confused, just a lot of name mentioning and place mentioning, and you just don't you don't remember all the information. By the time six, seven, eight comes around, you like actually start to like really get into it. And yeah. I like where the story is going. So, But if you're someone that is not very good at names or following along different storylines, kind of like that. Listen to our podcast. For I'm going to say, just don't watch the show. Yeah. Unless you plan to watch, since both seasons are out now, unless you plan to watch it. All like binge it. Yeah. yeah. Watch it and watch the movie too. Because I'm telling you, the movie gives like some good world building. Yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. I would rate it a seven and a half. Yeah, probably the same. Like if I I would say one through episodes one through five is like a six and then episode six, seven, eight is like eight. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got. Me too. Oh, 55 minutes. This, this went a good amount. Here I was thinking, okay, let's try to just sum it up in. But I told you, once we start talking about this show, it's like, cause there's just too much going on. It's going to end up being long. Yeah, and there's still some things that I yeah, think I we didn't cover. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.